We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gets it, spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC! Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. What is up and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I'm your host for tonight, Nick, as the Thunder lose to the Charlotte Hornets by a final score of 137 to 134. We are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you don't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us five-star rating and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, super close game tonight. Came down to the wire. Um, it was a game in which the Thunder led early on. Uh, the Hornets took over a lead. Ultimately, looked like they had pulled away at one point. The Thunder get back in this game. Goes down to the wire. So, super interesting game. If you hadn't had a chance to... Watch the game. Recommend you going back and doing so. But in the case that you don't want to, uh, we'll get you covered here tonight at the Uncontested with a quick recap. Uh, big picture takeaways before we get into specifics of what happened in the game. Um, I, I think one thing just to consider as you watch a game like tonight, um, Shea Gildas Alexander did not play tonight. He's got an injured ankle um, from the previous game the Thunder had played. Uh, it was pretty taped up at practice today. It was questionable entering the day. Ultimately, did not play tonight. It'll be uh, fascinating to see what his status is tomorrow against the Pistons on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, but he didn't play tonight, and that leaves Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams as the two primary playmakers, ball handlers, scorers. Obviously, you've got guys like Lou Dort and Isaiah Joe that can also produce points. But from a, an offensive hub, kind of the guys that, that are the machine or, or the engine on the offensive end, it was definitely a game which you expected Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams to step up. Um, reason I say that, the Thunder entered this season expecting to be a bad team, right? Their year three of the rebuild, didn't win a ton of games last year, did not expect to... Um, or weren't expected to win a bunch of games this year, but they have. They're they're hovering around 500 over the last few months. Um, they actually have gotten to 500 more recently, much better than expected. They have Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's a top 10 MVP candidate, but take him out for the whole season, right? 
tonight is what it feels like for most rebuilding teams. You look around the league, you look at Detroit, you look at Houston, heck, you look at Charlotte right now. Um, you look at these teams that are truly rebuilding and still at the bottom of the standings, the teams that are going to be top five lotto in, in the 2023 draft. Um, their, their, their top guys are at the level of Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams. And so tonight's roster looks a lot like a rebuilding team. And then you consider SGA is part of the roster, and it just makes you realize like how much further ahead this team is than some of those bottom dwellers. It, it took SGA emerging as an MVP candidate, obviously. But I think the the loss tonight, there was a lot of emotions. If you're if you're on Thunder Twitter, there was a bunch of fans angry about a handful of things, some of which you know, you can't disagree with. Like, the, the rotations were interesting. We'll talk about that later. Um, but also, just, like, bigger picture. It, take yourself outside of this Hornets game. Um, this team is well ahead of schedule. Still has a crazy bright future. And even with Shea out of the equation, like, this team still has so much talent that it's crazy. Like, Josh and Dub, if those are the two guys we are building around right now, with Chet in the wings, like Oklahoma City would still have a very, very bright future. Add shade to that, and it's no wonder they're a team that's going to be expected to be a legitimate playoff team next year with Chet. So just keep that in mind. Again, big picture. This team's going to be just fine longer term. It's just one game. They didn't have Shea, and they still looked awesome. For the most part, defensively, horrific. Offensively, looked really, really good. Um, On to the rotations. This is where we saw... Quite a few fans on Twitter be a bit upset with Mark tonight. Um, th- there's got to be, you know, uh, more reasons why this happened. Like, you got to realize Mark ultimately has the say in who plays how many minutes each night. But there's also a lot of factors that go into this, right? Mark collaborates directly with analytics teams, directly with the medical staff, directly with development staff to put together a game plan of, okay, we're on the first night of a back-to-back. Who's going to play how many minutes tonight? Like, there's obviously going to be in-game adjustments and things like that, but there's certainly restrictions and and rotations that, that the team wants to see based on analytics or based on this is the first night of a back-to-back. We don't want this guy playing 40 minutes. Um, albeit, at the end of a game, you kind of scrap some of that and play your best guys down the stretch which did happen. It didn't, I think it was like 550 in the fourth quarter that Mark finally put out what you would consider like the best five guys to close out a game. And and it was a little bit too late. The Thunder did have a chance to win, barring making a few free throws. They probably would have won this game. Um, but it was late. Like you expected the guys to go back out there around the, I don't know, seven, eight minute mark. And it was a bit later than expected. So that was a big takeaway. The rotations were interesting, although... I'm not going to be as harsh on Mark because it is a a back-to-back and there are a bunch of factors that go into that outside of Mark, just like making the decision on the fly of, of who's playing where. Um, next big takeaway is like Isaiah Joe is legit as an offensive player and it's not just the three-point shooting. Obviously, he came into the season um, very, very late on a super small deal because he was waived by the Sixers brought on by the Thunder as a late addition and early in the season, like clearly became a very, very good three point shooter. Like still one of the best three point shooters in the league. 
more recently, we've seen him do a lot more than just shoot threes. And I think tonight was the perfect example in which he had 33 points, a career high, which is bonkers. And he did go six of 11 from the floor, but he also, or from three point land, he also went 11 of 18 from the floor overall. And earlier in the game, the, the spread was a bit wider. Like you look at that and, you know, six of his 11 made shots were from deep. But earlier in the game, it was like, I think it was halftime. He had like six made shots and I think only two were threes or three were threes. And you're starting to see him do more than just hit threes. Like it started out, he was a catch and shoot three guy. Then he started making these more advanced looks, the pump fake, the sidestep, the step back, um, on the move, on like off the dribble three-point shots. Like he started to get more advanced for the perimeter. And now we're seeing him drive the ball, stop and pop, um, defenders are having to play him a certain way because they know what kind of shooting ability he has. He's getting to the rim. He's drawing free throws. Um, I think tonight he had, let me look at the box score here. He had seven free throw attempts. And for a guy that is a three-point shooter, you don't really expect that. So his offensive game is certainly blossoming and, and developing. I think there's a huge piece of it where the Thunder Development staff has done a great job um, kind of expanding his bag a bit. But I think a lot of this was just he hasn't been able to show this off at the NBA level because with the Sixers, he was a kind of a G League guy into the bench, um, really only played in like blowouts and, and games in which the Sixers were injured. Even early on his Thunder tenure this season, didn't really have the green light to do a whole bunch of stuff. But more recently, like he's been a legitimate offensive player. Like if you're a Hornets fan that had not seen the Thunder play all season, didn't know who Isaiah Joe was, you would definitely look at this game and say, yeah, that dude can stroke it from deep. Like he went six of 11. But I don't think you would take away from this game that Isaiah Joe is just a shooter. I think you would take away from this game that Isaiah Joe is a legit scorer. And so that was really, really good to see. That was another big takeaway is that as these games go on, as the season gets later, Isaiah Joe offensive bag continues to get better and better. And as he gets better, pump fake, drive, stop and pop, mid-range, go to the rim. Defenses have to play him differently knowing he can take it off the dribble, which also allows him to pull up over players because they do have to sag off a little more than if he just was a three-point shooter and couldn't do anything else. Um, another big takeaway, I thought Trey Mann played solid tonight. Like maybe his his box score doesn't indicate that he had a huge game, but he had some big buckets that the Thunder really, really needed. So you look at his box score, 18 minutes, three of seven from the floor, one of one from three for seven points, um, two rebounds, two assists. All seven of his points, at least based on memory, were big buckets. Like it was it was a three that was in a much needed time, um, a couple of, of two pointers from inside the arc at much needed times. And that's what you need from Trey. Like three of seven's not the most efficient, but if you can get seven points, a couple dimes, a couple of boards from Trey in 18 minutes off the bench, like you'll take that any day of the week, right? He obviously could be better. We've seen him as a rookie, 30 points in Madison Square Garden. We've seen him be a much more confident overall scorer. But the reality is, like, as this team gets better, there's going to be less and less opportunity for a guy like Trey Mann to take volume shots. Last season, there was games, Shea was out a bunch, Lou was out a bunch, Josh was out a bunch. He's going to get games where he has 15 to 20 shots, and that's when he had those big outbursts. And so although he's had a disappointing season from a from a production standpoint offensively, and he's been wildly inconsistent, it's not because he's necessarily taken a step back. 
He just hasn't had the volume. And if you've ever played basketball, if you've ever watched the game of basketball, anytime you have the opportunity to take more shots, you have more of a chance to get into a rhythm, catch fire. Um, maybe you miss your first three shots, you make your next six, and you finish you know six of nine from the floor. That's great. When you only take you know three shots and you miss your first three, you don't get a chance to get in that rhythm. And so Trey, as he continues to find ways to be productive and help this team without being a volume scorer, um, I think it was promising to see him come in tonight, do some things. It always goes beyond the box score for all these guys. Like if you didn't watch the game and just looked at this box score, you'd probably overlook Trey Mann. Like it wasn't anything that pops off the page, but in the moment, made some pretty big shots, looked confident. Um, I was super impressed with what I saw from Trey Mann tonight. The final big takeaway before going into uh, the actual step-by-step game summary, uh, Lou Dort, if this team is to make the playoffs, let's say, let's, let's, let's put a hypothetical out there. Right now, uh, I think they're 10th in the West, just barely hanging on to the play-in. I think they're tied with the Mavs, um, but have the tiebreaker over them. Let's say um, they... they make the play in they they win a game or two to get in the playoffs at that point like they're going to be a massive underdog like it's been a fun season but let's say the thunder do somehow slip into the playoffs they're going to be a seven or eight seed they're going to be playing one of the best teams in the nba this team when lou dort is effective and efficient and scoring at a high level they're really, really, really tough to beat. Like when Lou Dort shoots better than twenty or better than fifty-five percent from the floor, this team has lost one game. Whenever Lou Dort scores twenty-two or more points in a game, this team rarely loses. And if you've listened to any of our podcasts over the past couple of weeks, Jacob has really started to analyze the production of Lou at home versus on the road, and there's definitely something there. Um, but in a playoff series, it feels like this team has enough talent, assuming Shea's healthy, everybody's healthy. If you get in a playoff series of this Thunder team and Lou Dort has a good stretch, like call it a five-game series, maybe the Thunder um, push a team to five, push a team to six, they don't get swept, they win a couple games, like Lou Dort will make this team a really tough out if he's scoring well. It takes his team to a whole other level offensively. Obviously, he's got the defense. He's great defensively. We've seen it time and time again. But when he is on offensively, this is a completely different team. And the record proves that. So all that to say, that's that's more forward-looking. Didn't have anything to do with tonight specifically. It was just more of a a data point that we had been looking at more recently in the podcast. And um, it's an interesting thing. Like like if this team does make the playoffs or even the play-in, like you got to win one or two games. I think Lou Dort is going to be an underrated X factor because when he's scoring, this team's really good. When he's not and he's inefficient, this team is not so good. So keep that in mind over the past or over the next week and a half in the regular season into the play-in. If the Thunder do make the play-in, keep an eye on Lou Dort's efficiency. Um, we're about 14 minutes here. Getting into the step-by-step game summary, like I mentioned, wanted to to give you guys a recap if you didn't have a chance to watch the game. Um, super, super slow start, like uh, as high scoring as this game was and as little defense that was played in this game, the first quarter was slow. Uh, Josh Giddy had like seven of the fir- first 14 points for the Thunder. 
Um, I think he assisted on 15 of the Thunder's first 23 points into the first quarter. It was 26 to 23. Uh, obviously, you look at that over four quarters, like it's going to be a very low scoring game relative to NBA terms. So neither team even scored 30 in the first quarter. From there, things were different. It was it was score fest. It was Big 12 shootout football style. It was it was zero defense played by really either team. Uh, strong start to the second for Oklahoma City. They went up seven in the first couple minutes. It was 11-1 run to start the quarter for OKC. Uh, Jalen Williams and Josh Giddy were both in double figures early in that second quarter. J-Dub had like seven straight points at, at, at one time. It was like a, a nice little mid-range bucket, followed by a step back three, followed by a drive to the lane and, and hammered a dunk over somebody. It was a one, one of the, the best like three string sequences of his career so far, just offensive dominance, showing you the ability to score at all three levels. Um, Dub had a, a huge second quarter. I think he had 17 in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken, um, but looked really, really good. Uh, Isaiah Joe, Jalen Williams hit a couple big buckets late in the second quarter to go up eight after the, th- the, the Hornets had closed in a bit. Um, at the end of the second quarter, Jalen Williams had 19, Isaiah Joe had 16, Josh Giddy had 15, which most nights, like, Shea missing, and you have those three guys each have 15 or more points, you're usually in a really, really good place. And the Thunder were. Like, they were up 68-57 at half. P.J. Washington was really the reason that the Hornets were still kind of in the game at that point. In fact, he was the reason the Hornets won the game. Ultimately, we'll get to that. Uh, Thunder dominated the points in the paint in the first half. It was 40-28. to Come out in the second half. Hornets shaved the lead down 74-68 early in the third. Thunder definitely looked a bit sluggish coming out of the half. Um, the lack of defense for the Thunder really, really shined bright and shined in a, in a bad way. Um, in the third quarter, that lack of defense, like that was the reason they couldn't pull away in this game. It wasn't like they were up by double digits and then forgot how to score or the, the Hornets like shut them down. It was like the Thunder didn't have a problem scoring at all after the first quarter. They just couldn't get stops. And it was like, who can score more? And that was the reason they couldn't pull away. So it was back and forth the entire third quarter. Really not much to note. Like it was it was kind of a fun game, like from a, a third party standpoint, if you're not cheering for the Thunder or cheering for the Hornets. Like it was fast paced, high scoring, back and forth. That's when Trey Mann hit some of his big shots. And we ultimately had a six point game. Entering the fourth quarter, it was 99 to 93. So both teams were set to to well exceed 100 points in the game, which again, as a reminder, in the first quarter, it was 26-23. Both teams were trending to score right around 100. So second and third quarter, extremely high scoring. Come out in the fourth. This was a super, super fun game in the fourth quarter. Uh, P.J. Washington had six points in the first two minutes of the quarter to pull within two. Uh, Teo had an and one Charlotte took a lead to go up one early in the, in the fourth quarter. Uh, JT Thor hit a layup to go up three. It was like an 11 to two run for the Hornets to start the the fourth quarter. Uh, looked a lot like that 11 to one run in the second quarter for the Thunder 11 to run for the Hornets in the fourth. Um, from there, the Hornets, like they really started pulling away, like halfway through the fourth quarter. A lot of people thought this game might be over. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I was not at Paycom Center tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if some fans left midway through the fourth because it looked like this game was being ran away with. They were The Thunder were down 10 with seven minutes left, down 13 with six minutes left. It was like 
lapses in defense, horrific communication, wide open threes, wide open layups. Like Teo Maladon looked like Michael Jordan. It was bad defensively all night long, but especially there, like the the kind of the middle portion of the fourth quarter, zero defense. Again, down 13 with six minutes left. But then Thunder start chipping away. And this is even like pre Mark putting in the best five guys, like the, the whole controversy tonight of why didn't Mark bring the guys in earlier? Even before Mark brought back like J-Dub, uh, Lou Dort was really the guy that was a catalyst to the Thunder getting back in this game. He had a triple and then an and one to pull within six with 430 left. Um, he had eight points overall, like in this stretch of like three or four minutes. But again, the Thunder could not get stops. It was like Lou would have this this stretch of points or Isaiah Joe would hit a big three, but then they couldn't get a stop at the other end. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. However, in the last four minutes kept chipping away, kept chipping away, started getting a few turnovers, started getting a few stops. It was 127-122 with three and a half minutes left, 129-125 with 2.45 left, 129-127 with 2.38 left. Finally, the Thunder tie it at 129. Uh, Paycom Center's going nuts. Thunder looked like they had the momentum, but then again, can't get a stop. P.J. Washington gets an and one to go up three. Thunder hit a couple buckets. It's a little bit back and, back and forth. We're tied back again at 132 with a minute 10 left. Uh, still 132-132 with, with 25-30 seconds left after Lou Dort almost got a steal. Uh, they're inbounding the ball. The Hornets are inbounding the ball with four seconds left in the shot clock. And, and you're sitting there thinking, Thunder get a stop here. They get the last shot. Mark's going to drop a play. You know how good Josh Giddy is out of the timeout as an inbounder. Like it, Things are looking good. Four seconds left in the shot clock. Hornets are inbounding. 25 seconds left. Uh, JRE kind of gets cooked by P.J. Washington as he drives the lane. He does miss a little floater. P, uh, Nick Richards gets a putback dunk to go up two. 
Looking back at the replay, Nick Richards literally pushed Lou Dort in the back to get that put back. Doesn't matter. It never comes down to one play anyways, but that probably should have been called. Um, Dub gets fouled on the other end, goes to the line for two shots to tie it up. Misses the front end, makes the second, 134-133 with 15 seconds left. They foul JT Thor with 13.9, makes the first, misses the second, two-point game again. Josh Giddy drives, gets fouled, two shots. First one rattles, looks like it's coming out, and it falls. So it's a one-point game with one free throw left. Giddy misses it. Sfi, former Thunder, another guy that kind of torched them late, gets fouled with 2.8 seconds left, makes both. Thunder do a baseball pass, desperation. Dub actually like gets a halfway decent shot, given the circumstance. Uh, misses it. Thunder lose by three. Final score, 137-134. to 134. So, tough loss. If you listen to our pod on Sunday, we were saying that if the Thunder can somehow go 3-0 on the stretch this week against Charlotte, Detroit, Indiana, they're almost guaranteed a play-in spot. Even if they flop the final four games next week and the last week of the season, like going 3-0 this week is really, really critical. Um, we also said if they go 2-1 and one this week and win one game or two games next week, they'll probably also be good. Not the greatest start to that stretch. Lose the front end. They still have Detroit and Indiana later this week, so they can still go 2-1 and one this week. Like, the season is not over by any means, like, at all. It, it may be over from a standpoint of, like, hosting a play-in game. Although, again, if you listen to the Sunday pod, we went through the schedules of all the teams that are around the Thunder and the play-in. Tough schedules for some of these guys. Um, nothing is out of the question, all that to say. The standings are still super tight. Uh, but if I'm a betting man, I'm betting the Thunder are probably going to finish 9-10-11 either like just outside the plan or they're going to be on the road. Um, and that actually would be, it would be on the road in, in both of their, um, of their playing games. So uh, tough loss tonight. Just going through the box score here. PJ Washington, a career high of 43 points on 24 shots. He looked awesome. Uh, he's a guy that, that needs to get paid. Like he's not a, a superstar, but he's a guy that's, I'm not going to say he rotted in Charlotte because the Hornets have not been horrific forever like some of the other teams in the NBA. Um, the Hornets should be a respectable team on paper to have been injured this year and haven't been able to be consistent. But uh, he's a really, really good player. And I feel like if he was in a, if he was in L.A. or if he was in New York, he'd be a guy that's talked about all the time. But he's just not. He's in Charlotte. Uh, really good player. Had a career game tonight and, and really was the reason the Hornets won. On the Thunder side of things... Had three guys uh, score 30 points. Jalen Williams had 31. Isaiah Joe had 33. Josh Giddy had 31. Almost a triple-double for Josh. He went for 31, 10, and 9. He was our uncontested player of the game. Uh, both him and Dub, like, truly had a chance to make this game different. If, the, if either of them had knocked down both of their free throws late, could be a different result. Maybe not, like... It's easy to point at fingers and say, I mean, if Josh had made that free throw, this game goes differently. Who knows? Um, but free throws were bad down the stretch. Both of them missed huge ones. Um, but ultimately, the Thunder had three guys score 30. And that's crazy considering Shea was out. Um, but it came in a loss. Like, normally you have three guys score 30. You're probably winning. But when you give up 137, 
what can you do? Outside of that, Jalen Williams, uh, Jay Will had three points. Lou Dort had 16, 4 of 10, shooting 1 of 4 from beyond the arc. Solid game from him, 7 boards, 2 assists. Um, I mean, not, not much more you can say there. Could have been better, but still chipped in a bit. Off the bench, not a ton of points. Jerry had 7 points. Talked about Trey Mann, had 7 points. Jared Butler got some burn tonight, had 4. Uh, Aaron Wiggins played 12 minutes, finished with 2 points. So just outside of those 3 guys that scored 30, didn't get a ton of help outside of Lou Dort. Uh, the help they really needed was defensively, not offensively anyways. Uh, but what can you do? Uh, holistically, again, season's not over. Was it a bad loss? Absolutely. Do I think the Thunder bounce back and probably crush the Pistons tomorrow? Also, yes. Whether Shea plays or not, again, like from what we've seen, Shea's ankles were like really taped up today in practice. Like this is not a, a oh, the Thunder are playing the Hornets, like rest him kind of thing. Like I think Shea's ankle is legitimately hurting. Um, we'll see if he plays tomorrow in Detroit. Either way, this team should beat Detroit. It's like they should have beat Charlotte tonight. They should beat Detroit tomorrow night. They'll play the Pistons after that. Should also win that game. Um, but these next two are huge, right? Like the, the final four games of the season are against teams that are either in the play-in race, in the playoff race, or just outside of it, like the easiest game. Next week's going to be Utah, depending on where they sit in the standings. They may still be pushing. They may be sitting, guys. We'll see. But the Thunder, um, once again, a couple games below 500 now, only are, are 10th in the standings because they own the tiebreaker over the Mavs, although they have the same record. Uh, I don't know when the Mavs play next. I think the Mavs play tomorrow night against the Sixers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know if that's in Dallas or in Philly, but tough game regardless. If Dallas pulls off a win, the Thunder are out of the playoff or out of the play-in picture. If the Mavs lose, they'll stay in that 10 spot. But, I mean, it's going to come down to the wire. Like, just enjoy the fact that the Thunder are in this situation. Preseason, nobody thought this was going to happen. Um, but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow night covering the Pistons post game. And then again, against the Indiana Pacers on Friday night, uh, in Indiana, that one's on the road. These, these two on this back-to-back are at home, closing out the week in Indiana could be two back-to-back wins. The Western conference standings are going to be bonkers the rest of the way, uh, especially if the Hornets have anything to say about it. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Uh, We'll be back with you guys again tomorrow. As always, thunder up.